It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of America's team. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. You can now hear him Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan as co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central. You can also hear him as the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Brian, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well, Robert. Thank you very much. That was a that was an interesting game. Cowboys win this one 54 to 19. Is that the least convincing 35 point victory you've ever seen, Brian? That was crazy how that one went uh, going down, especially after the drive that started the second half of the Cowboys, where they hold the Colts to a three and out. They get the ball punted to them. Uh Turpin Fair catches it. They're on the 50 yard line. And I'm thinking. Okay, now go take their will to compete. And you proceed to go three and out with some three of the worst plays you've ever seen, you know. And so, um, you know, I I kind of felt like that that game was still in the balance, that you were, you know, allowing the Colts to hang around where the Colts could be able to score enough points. You know, it didn't appear that way. But were you going to be able to do anything offensively? Were you going to be able to do anything to put pressure on them? You know, we talked about this a bunch, that the one way to beat the Colts was to continually score. Well, that's the way to kind of beat anybody, but especially this team, because they just don't score a lot of points. And you kind of saw why. It takes them so long to get into scoring position the way they play. Now, they threw the ball down the field. They made a couple of plays. Uh, you know, they had a 19-yard run, which you know should have really been a gain of four if everybody just rallied to the ball and tackled instead of trying to bounce around there. And you know, but you know, I, I you know I felt like that the Cowboys in that you know in that fourth quarter uh, when they got the turnovers, the offense came to life. Uh, Dak threw the ball, I thought, well at that time. They had some uh, opportunities with the running game. And then you get the defense, and you know we just all kind of felt. I, I know watching the game that Matt Ryan was not interested in standing back there and holding the ball and letting this Cowboy pass rush come after him. Now give Dan Quinn some credit; he said, "Listen, my pass rush is not getting home. I better bring safety help. I better bring a linebacker help." You know they did a really good job of confusing the Colts' blocking scheme. They have some veteran guys up front. And they did a great job with those blitzes of not only hurting, uh, you know, the the blockers, the offensive linemen for the Colts, but also the backs on some of that blitz pickup stuff. But you know, it, it was uh, it was something I really didn't expect. I kind of felt like the Cowboys could score, but to score that many points, uh, uh, that was uh, very impressive. If you were on this team, if if you were if this was one of your Green Bay teams, for instance, back in the day, and and you had just witnessed this game, and you saw the performance, and then you saw the scoreboard, which doesn't seem to to equal up to the performance, would you come out of that feeling better or worse about it? Because one line of thinking would probably say, 
boy, that was not the performance you you needed. Don't get comfortable in that scoreboard because that that is not representative of how you played football. And then the other line of thinking out there says, man, look, you you didn't even give your best game of football and you put 54 points up on the board. That's no fluky thing. How would you feel coming out of this one? And, and more directly, how do you feel the Cowboys feel coming out of this one? I kind of feel like that, uh, you know, offensively, the Colts have got some good defensive players. Uh, you know, Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner, I, you know, uh, Ngakwe. I, I kind of felt like that they had some guys that could make some plays. I, you know, I felt like they could attack Gilmore. They tried to attack Gilmore. He was in good position. He got the interception. I'd seen him in previous three games where it's kind of like, well, man, here's a guy that kind of gives it up, you know, kind of gives up, uh, you know, the the plays and stuff like that. I don't think it was pass. I was not. I was not pushing you back, Brian. I, I was, was just wondering. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was pass interference. When you watch, you the don't. Points, uh-uh. I think he did a good job. He did a you good job of cutting him off. Or pass interference. He got. He got right on there before the ball, though. Yeah. Well, he also got. In, I think he cut. I think he cut Gallup off. I think it surprised Gallup how quickly that he was able to cut him off right there. I don't think it was pass interference, you know, but I think there was some plays though that the Cowboys got away with as well with yeah. the calls. You know, the penalties weren't as huge factor as we thought this crew might have. But to get back to your initial question, you know, I, I felt like there were some good players on this Colts defense. And, and but you know, for them to move the ball like they did, you know, once they were able to establish a little bit of a lead. I, I think that says a lot about the Cowboys and, you know, with Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott and this group when it came to, and, you know, the offensive line running the ball, shuttling guys in and out, shuttling backs in and out, shuttling tight ends in and out. You're seeing a lot of depth on this football team, both offensively and defensively. And that itself is very impressive. I thought this was your quarterback's worst game since he came back from the injury obviously the worst game he's played this year was Tampa that was awful um, but since he came back from injury I felt like this was the one and statistically it probably doesn't look quite like the worst but to me this was easily the one where Dak Prescott I felt like and, and everybody knows I'm a big Dak Prescott fan I don't feel like Dak Prescott really made a damn bit of difference for you on Sunday um, but like, I, I don't think there were a lot of moments where it's like, oh, wow, well, that, that was a great throw there or whatever else. I, I mean, he had a couple nice throws. The, the back shoulder to Gallup was nice, but overall I felt like, you know, you know how we always had the line where we said, we didn't feel like any of the games Cooper rush won, Dak Prescott wouldn't. That to me felt like a game that with Dak's performance, Cooper rush probably could have led them to a 54 point victory too. I felt like, cause I, I yeah. just didn't see Dak really orchestrating anything. Yesterday. Well, how many times have we seen, how many times have we seen uh, quarterbacks that two? They have three losses. Two of the three losses, and really the all three losses, the quarterbacks of the opponent weren't the reason why they won the game. Tom Brady wasn't the reason why they won against that Tampa one. Right. Uh, you look at you know, uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts wasn't the reason why Philadelphia beat uh, Dallas, and you know and Let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers wasn't the true reason why Green Bay won that game. I mean, he he had a nice, tidy day, but the three quarterbacks in your three losses, that wasn't the the, the fact that the Cowboys couldn't defend the run. Yeah. Uh there was some there were some, some big plays on third down. There were some big drives, you know, long drives. So yeah, I, you know, sometimes 
you could get away with throwing for the amount of yards that Dak threw for and still find a way if you're going to run the ball for you know 250 yards and and get all the production out of the backs that you did with the touchdowns as well. See, and that's the other interesting thing. I, I don't think the the backs were. I, I mean, the backs were good yesterday. Um, but but it's interesting. The same discussion about man, it really didn't feel like a 54 to 19 victory. Like when you watch the way they played, I was stunned to see the final tally was like 222 yards on the ground. It, it obviously you're just going by feel, but to me, like if I would have had to have guessed, I would have said, I don't know. They rushed for 130 yards or something. It, it, it just, it was interesting in that the box score, the dominance in the box score just doesn't seem to match up totally. Even though I think the running game was good. I don't think they struggled in the running game. It just, it didn't feel like a, a 200 yard team rushing performance. It didn't feel like at times that, you know, the, it was a three touchdown day from Dak Prescott. I, I thought the guys who really stood out as great for me, Brian, the first one, the, the, the very top for me yesterday was CeeDee Lamb. I thought CeeDee Lamb was great. And, and CeeDee Lamb, I, I don't know if it's Odell Beckham chatter or what has, has clicked. It may just be finally getting to work with his quarterback. It's year three, it's clicking, and, and now Dak's back, and, and they've got a connection that that they both are – they both really believe in each other and they both really trust each other. But man, there's stuff CD lambs doing in the open field. And, and, and you know, uh, that, that I think is separate from Dak Prescott that just, you have to explain away as CD lamb is now reaching a certain point. Everybody who got worked up this past off season, when we talked about, Hey, CD lamb still got to show some things. And you said, CD lambs, a top tier wide receiver. I hope now you see what the difference is. Because this is a different football player in the last six weeks, I think. Well, the thing about it, it looks like C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma when we were yeah. all working on the draft. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the ability, the run after catch, the movement, the motion, the finish, the physical toughness, the balance, the body control. You know, all those things that we saw C.D. Lamb do while he was playing at Oklahoma, you're now starting to see for the Dallas Cowboys. And yep. I, I felt like that, you know, with you look at him, uh, you know, offensively, I know we're talking about Lamb, but when you talk about feed and speed with the running backs, yes. I, you know, 29 carries, 168 yards, three yeah. touchdowns, you know, that's why you get, you know, you get these individual performances, but you look at Lamb, Gallup, you know, and now you get, you know, get uh, the two, you know, with the two running backs and the way they were able to play. It doesn't, Dak Prescott doesn't have to be that guy, but you are starting to see what we all thought CeeDee Lamb could be coming out of college. Yeah, absolutely. Really impressive. And again, it's, it's another one of these, you know, you, you see the game yesterday. A lot of times when you have one of these performances, you expect a loaded Micah Parsons box score. That wasn't the case, um, but you got some great contributions yesterday. I thought your safeties were really good. Uh, Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, they 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 were really strong yesterday. Deron Bland, both of those interceptions were were incredibly impressive. Um, just in terms of the skill that it takes. The one where he, he you know went up for the first one, and then the second one where he wrestled it away from the receiver. Um, I, I really feel like Bland is coming into his own. We know Anthony Brown tears his Achilles in this game. As much as people have been frustrated with him, that's tough. That's going to be tough to overcome. There's already starting to be a little bit of chatter that. Kendall Sheffield, who's on the practice squad, could come up, play the outside, but he can also play inside-outside a little bit. 
and that they could free up Bland if they needed Bland on the boundary, if they felt like they really needed somebody out there. If you can get Kendall Sheffield to play adequate in the slot, Brian, would you take Duran Bland out of the nickel at this point and then put him on the boundary, given the struggles you've had out there? Or would you just say, look, Duran Bland looks comfortable. He's he's He played a really good game this week. He's had a couple of good games. Let's not mess with a good thing. Let's just figure out what the boundary corner is and, and not move Duran Bland. What I know about Kendall Sheffield is he's a very quiet kid. He is uh, best in press coverage, and this is so he can jam and run. Those are the, That's kind of his game. He struggles playing in off coverage or zone coverage. He's not doesn't have great instincts. Uh, he struggles with ball skills. He's a very good gunner on the punt team, from what I was told. Uh, but he always he struggled with his health. He always has like a hamstring issue, a calf issue, and it takes him a long time to recover. Uh, so, you know, he's never gotten back from what I heard, the flash that he showed during his rookie season. There's been scouts that have described him as a little bit of a heartbreaker. So we'll see. That's the former player. That's a little bit of a scouting report on the player. Uh, if you tell me, okay, fine, play a good you know, guy that can get up on you, can press, can run with you, great. All those things are fine. You know, if you're asking to do something else, you know, we'll see. But, uh, you know, and it's going to be about health uh, with this kid. But he's been on the practice squad. He's been here. He's been available, uh, you know. And so uh, we'll see. They, they obviously, Dan Quinn has done a great job of bringing guys in. Me personally, I feel like you need to continue on with, with Kelvin Joseph. And the only reason I say this is because Kelvin Joseph – you know, has not played a lot of football, okay? He hasn't. But Kelvin Joseph showed me something. And, again, I take away what happened uh, on Sunday with the, you know, when he's running down the field and he just smashes into the returner sure. and gets the penalty. Okay, that's not great awareness right there. But And, look, and let's, be, let's be honest. You're probably going to get the knucklehead penalties every now and then from Kelvin Joseph. It's just sure. it's kind of who he is right now. It is who he is. But I think that Kelvin Joseph has not played a lot of football at LSU. He didn't play a lot of football at, at, at Kentucky. You know, I think Kelvin Joseph needs to get work, needs to get reps. I think he can cover. I think he's quick enough. I think he's aggressive enough. You know, you see a guy when he's in there, he's willing to tackle. You know, yeah. there's guys he's willing to go in there and tackle. The same with Bland. You know, you maybe you maybe playing these types of guys. You know, we saw what happened. We saw what happened with Brown. Uh, it got to the point where I didn't even know Brown was healthy enough. You know, he right. just didn't look like the same player. The Kelvin Joseph, he could give up big plays too, just like Brown did. But I have a feeling, though, he's aggressive. He's, you know, we'll see about the the football. The, you know, the the, the I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say the IQ, but like the awareness and stuff the like instinct. that. Instinct, I think he just needs to get an opportunity in practice and go out there and play because he's capable. He's a capable player. Dan Quinn did not go to Lexington, Kentucky just to work out Quentin Bohanna. He didn't do yeah. that. He saw something in this kid, and I'm going to trust Dan Quinn's going to get him ready just like he got Bland ready to play. Yeah, you know, I'm going to trust him that now if it doesn't work out and you want to put in Kendall Sheffield there, Please just kind of know what you're up against if, in fact, that's the route they go. 
Just as we uh, wrap up this segment before we get into a little uh, much, uh, either much awaited or, or much dreaded OBJ talk, depending on on where your level is at in terms of uh, your, your your threshold for all the OBJ chatter. But Brian, uh, anybody else you want to highlight really quickly as you thought just played really well on Sunday? Yeah, I thought that I thought it was Tyler Biotis just one of his best games. When you looked at the way that the Cowboys in protection handling the twist stunts and things like that. I thought he did a really nice job. The running game, I thought he did an excellent job in the running game. It's not easy to deal, you know, with those guys inside when you talk about Stewart, Butner, those guys. I mean, it, it is a it, it's a kind of an all-day task to have to take care of those guys and I thought he did a really really good job. I want to commend the wide receivers for the way they were able to block in the running game when I'm talking about the toss sweeps. The crack toss, whether it was Brown, Gallup, Lamb, everybody in the outside, those receivers coming down, sealing off guys, getting big linemen out in the out in the space and letting them finish up those blocks. I thought that was really some pretty football. When you see the ball tossed, you see the quarter captured, and a lot of that blocking started because a wide receiver who's been making catches all day all of a sudden decides he's going to block. I think that's something you have to be very, very proud of. Now I, I'm I'm curious. We we talked a lot. We 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 both I, I think dumped a lot on on Tyler Smith and not not like hit him too hard. We just said it, it was a tough performance, short three day turnaround. He looked a little overwhelmed. Everything else, uh, I, I don't think he was like the best guy on the line yesterday. But I thought he bounced back well. Um, I, I I thought he I thought he played okay. He he had a nice block on uh, the first big run of the day for Tony Pollard, the 17 yard right. one. He helped seal that. Um, but overall, I thought it was nice to see. Tyler Smith didn't appear to be in his head too much from from the last game against the Giants. It looked like he he bounced back okay. No, and I think the thing with Tyler Smith is he needs a full week of practice. And let's be honest, you know, the 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 Giants are a big blitz-heavy team. They kind of found out that they could bring the rush at him and he was going to short circuit a little bit and I kind of felt like that, you know, he needs those he needs all those practice days in order to completely digest the game plan and be ready to go. And again, I thought he broke it down a little bit because we talked about three games in 12 days. His body right now is saying, okay, Tulsa season's over. It's time to go do something else. And, but you know, he's got, he's got, uh, he's got more football left and he's got a playoff to worry about as well. So, you know, hopefully whether he plays at tackle or plays at guard, he can continue to give them the quality play that he has throughout the season. Really quick here, because uh, we're already running long in the segment, but just curious, uh, when Tyron Smith comes back at left tackle, if it was up to you, would you roll with Tyler Smith or Connor McGovern at guard for now? I'll tell you, let me just be honest with you. Uh, I'm going to tell you what I think they're thinking. Uh, I don't think it's a slam dunk that Tyler Smith is going to be the starter at left guard. Or at left guard, excuse me. I think there's going to be maybe we've seen these guys rotate offensive linemen, whether it's tackles, guards. We've seen them rotate these guys. We could very well see a situation where McGovern and Tyler Smith both are getting work as Tyron Smith is getting work at left tackle. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.